This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Who are you? Where are you from? I'm the doctor. This is Raz. This is Dad. Nice to meet you. We were checking for signs of life. Sure. Doctor is a man's term. <laughs> it's fluid. Welcome to Syndicate, a film and TV podcast. From our screens to your watch list, we gather to share and discuss your next favorite. Join us as we want you to spend less time scrolling and more time watching. And now, here's your host, Armand Haddad. Hello and welcome to a special episode of Syndicate. I'm your host, Armand Haddad. Today, we are unpacking the latest season of the British sci-fi series, Doctor Who. Series 13, a.k.a. Flux. But before we travel through time and space... Carla Giacalone returns to accompany me in the TARDIS. Carla, welcome back to the show, and thank you for taking time off your podcast, WSTR Galactic Public Access. Welcome back. Thank you for having me again. I'm excited for this one. Yeah. So last time we talked about your other love, which is Lord of the Rings, and today we are talking about another one of your favorites, Doctor Who. So before we jump into Flux, how did you first get into Doctor Who? Oh, um, so this was about six, seven years ago. Um, I first discovered Doctor Who. I think it was while, um, number 11 was airing. That's and, um, a friend of mine was like, Oh, the show, you know, Doctor Who, have you ever heard of it? And I was like, No, you know, it's like, Oh, it's like very, <laughs> very like British show, you know, he's like, I think you would like it. Give it a try. He's like, but start from the ninth doctor. Don't go all the way to the, and I'm like, okay. Like, you know, going into it, like, all right, let's see what this is about. So I started with Eccleson, doctor nine. And then I went through, um, up until Peter Capaldi, doctor 10, uh, 12. Sorry. Yes. I say 10 because 10 is my favorite. Um, (laughs) David Tennant is like, oh, I love him. Yeah. He's great. But yeah. And I just, you know, it's just so like, Typical, like, sci-fi, you know, like, kind of campy a little bit, and it's super British, all those great things. Um, Stephen Moffat is just, his writing is great. I'm a big fan of Sherlock as well, so, um, yeah. So, yeah, and I kind of fell off from Doctor Who for a while. Um, I actually have not really watched it recently up until watching the the Flux season. Um, But this has kind of poked me to go back and oh boy. catch up um maybe you know start off from where i left off with capaldi's doctor and finish through with jody whittaker uh but nice. yeah i like it i just even though i get really confused sometimes and have no idea what's going on it's just it's enjoyable with all the the aliens and the different characters and the storylines 
So it's definitely something I've always enjoyed. Yeah. Like it's very interesting how you bring up that you, uh, you got into it with Matt Smith. That's how I got into it too. Um, cause I remember I never even heard of Dr. Who. And then I was walking around downtown Chicago and I saw like billboards for like Matt Smith or it's like, trust your doctor. And it's like a silhouette of him with his sonic screwdriver. And I was like, maybe I should check out this show. And yeah. I was like, I'll just check out Dr. Who. <laughs> and it was the best mistake of my life because one does not simply watch Dr. Who. <laughs> exactly. One gets obsessed with Dr. Who. <laughs> it's a very involved show and I love it. And every time I, so like I became like uh, an evangelist for like Dr. Who <laughs> I was like, you got to check out this show. You have to watch series one with the ninth doctor. And everyone's like, wait, what? wait, hold up. What, what did you just say? <laughs> yeah. So I absolutely love Dr. Who and not going to lie. So I watched Matt Smith, went back to Eccleston, watched David Tennant's okay. Peter Capaldi. Like that was like, I love Stephen Moffat's writing. Uh, that's what really sucked me into the show. I love Sherlock too. And with Peter Capaldi, when he left the show, there was a huge change. There's a huge production change. You got a new showrunner. Mm -hmm. So like I uh, got Russell T Davies with uh, Dr. Nine, 10, and then Stephen Moffat with 11 and 12. And then you have this new showrunner, uh, Chris Chibnall with the latest incarnation of the doctor played by Jodie Whittaker, the first female uh, doctor. And I was interested a little bit excited a little bit cautious because it's a completely different shift in the show and i watched her first season and i'm not going to mince words it was it was garbage mm. <laughs> it was complete garbage she did a fine job she was she was fine but just the writing and the episodes were so bad i just couldn't believe it because yeah. like have you seen Broadchurch? Yeah, so that's how I knew, like, when they had announced Jodie Whittaker was going to play the Doctor, I was like, oh, okay, like, I can right. see that. Because yeah. um, I know there was a lot of, you know, ruffled feathers about there being a female Doctor right. and right. all that. And I was like, okay, like, I kind of get it because people want that consistency. It's been a male with a female yeah. companion. Right. But I'm like, all right, like, just at least give her a shot, you know? Um, yeah. And like even watching, you know, this, this latest season, and I think this is her last season, right? Like she's done after this. Yes. Like, I was like, she's pretty good. Like she kind of had like David Tennant vibes to me. Yes. Um, yeah. But I think she's, I think she's good. So I don't know what all the, you know, fuss was about, but I guess <laughs> whenever there's change, people, you know, everyone gets all crazy right. for a little bit, but. Yeah, I mean, exactly. if the writing is bad, then the writing is bad. It, that's that has nothing to do with the actors and their ability to bring a character, you know, to right. the screen. It's like you know they're doing the best with the material that they're given, and right. Jodie Whittaker, like this is totally a different type of show for her because like she was famous because of Broadchurch, and mm -hmm. that was a very dramatic show. And Chris Chibnall wrote that, and I would say it's probably one of the best shows ever made, especially season one. It's just, I don't understand how you can make this awesome show about this uh, drama, uh, murder mystery, um, that's critically acclaimed. And then you go to Doctor Who, which he wrote Doctor Who episodes before and just completely drop the ball and completely not understand, uh, sci-fi. It's just with, uh, her first season, I'll tell you one of the villains. So they did one on Rosa Parks and. I was a little bit excited for that one. I was like, oh, cool. We haven't really seen that side of history with Doctor Who. Mm -hmm. And the monster or the villain that they were fighting was this time traveling racist. Oh, <laughs> I kid you not. And I'm like, God, damn. <laughs> because like, say like, say like you did the same episode with Stephen Moffat. Like, uh, I think of like dinosaurs on a spaceship where you have like, where he like cherry picked all these like historical figures mm -hmm. and they're just like fighting this, uh, sci-fi villain. And it's kind of like their story doesn't really, uh, you know, get too involved with like the overall 
plot of the episode. But like this one, it's like, oh, Rosa Parks. She was part of the civil rights movement. So who's the villain going to be? Mm, a racist. But it has to be like sci-fi. Uh, he's a time-traveling racist. It's like, God, that's so on the like, nose. That's and like, that's all you could come up with? <laughs> that's all he came And like, I kid you not, that's pretty much, that encapsulates the entire first season uh, for her. And it's just like, just so, and like there was an episode like on Amazon, except it wasn't called Amazon. It was like, <laughs> This like uh, critique on consumerism. Oh my god, damn it! <laughs> <laughs> uh, her second season was a lot better. So if you're if you're gonna jump into Jodie Whittaker, jump into series twelve. Yeah, series twelve. Forget uh, just eleven does not just, exist. Just skip. Just skip <laughs> yeah, just, over it. <laughs> I kid you not. Like there is no like you know like with each season like there's like this overall arcing story mm-hmm. and it's like there's progression with the Doctor. There was zero progression with the doctor. Like you can like completely skip series eleven and you wouldn't miss anything. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. And that's good. like that's like I feel for her because like she was already under fire, you know, simply for being the first female doctor. And right. then you have like crappy writing to go along with it. So I'm sure like that gave like everybody, you know, maybe all like the neck beards, like even more like reason to be like, uh, actually see, she shouldn't be doing this. And like, you know, right. <laughs> My childhood is ruined. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Reshoots <laughs> Dr. Who. <laughs> uh, speaking of bad writing. So like with Flux, like you saw, like, you know, she got her groove, like with Jodie Whittaker, like it felt, she felt like the doctor mm-hmm. uh, in this series and the writing was a little bit better. And I think it's because Chris Chibnall had, so I looked at the credits for each one and he is accompanied by a co-writer. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what really helped. Like he probably has like good ideas, but can't express them very well. Right. Or he needs like someone to like punch it up and you could tell like he had help with this season because <laughs> it was actually good yeah bbc's like uh we can't have this again <laughs> bring the other guy in to help <laughs> yeah and speaking of like the, bringing in the other guy so like this is his last uh season and they brought back russell t davies did you know that mm-hmm. yeah it's like the ratings for this show has that. plummeted so they're like let's bring back the guy that brought back the series <laughs> Oh man, so I mean, I feel for Chris Chibnall, but like, if you need help, just ask for it. Yeah, my god. So, yeah, let's get into Flux. So, what were your first impressions jumping into you know, you haven't seen any previous Jodie Whittaker episodes, so jumping into Flux, what were your first impressions? Um, I generally overall, I liked it. Like I said, it kind of like re sparked that like love for doctor who mm. again because it's been so long um and right. i just for, again like i just forgot like how like kind of cheesy it can be sometimes and um i know we'll get into it but it was great to see like old villains come back again from previous series and, oh, yeah. um yeah I, I, overall i would say i liked it um it i think because I was reading up, it's only the third time that they've done like a continuing storyline. Yeah. Um, and I think that was only done with the older uh, right. series of the Doctors. So um, this is the first of like the more modern Doctors um, that they've done that. So it was kind of cool to see like a storyline progress across uh, six episodes. Yeah. Um I was very, I was a little cautious when they were like, oh, we're going to do uh, like a one story arc type thing. And I was like, yeah, that does harken back to the classic series of Doctor Who because it's been on for 50 years. Mm-hmm. Um, I know one of them is Trials of a Time Lord by Tom Baker. And that was back in like the early 80s, I think. So it's been a hot minute since we had like an overarching story. Yeah. And I think it works for Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. Like, even though it cuts its teeth on this episodic story where people could just jump in and jump out whenever they want. But like, I think the story really shines when you have this overall story, this, uh, serialized story. And it just allows for, you know, more storytelling techniques to be used. And Doctor Who is like this big universe that we can, play around in and i think flux definitely showcases like hey you can have like 
an overall story that works mm-hmm. for this mm-hmm. universe. Yeah. I think because there are so many components to it. And like you said, there's just so like much that involves like the, like the canon and the lore and all that, like you're able, I think Dr. Who is a lot more flexible with where it can go as opposed to like, you know, the big ones like star Wars or like Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings, because it's like such a, like a set, you know, world and universe. Whereas, I mean, Dr. Who is literally like time traveling and you can like bend things, you know, to make <laughs> it kind of fit the story. Um, so yeah, I think it has more of that flexibility, uh, to do something like, you know, one episode at a time or just like one long storyline. Right. So flux is only six episodes and so it's around six hours. Um, it's kind of the shorter, uh, end of like the modern series because like each one, even like, I think last season was like only eight episodes, but like, it was still like eight episodes. Like this is like six episodes. Grand, they're all an hour long, but like, we haven't really seen like a season this short, but like, I don't know. I think, I think it totally works. Like Mm -hmm. you have this overall story and you can truly unpack it and like, take your time and flesh out these characters because like with this season, there's a lot going on. You had like the a plot with like the doctor, her um, companions, Yaz and Dan. And then you had like this B plot that was really interesting with, uh, Oh, oh, what was his name? Yeah. Bell and the, I forget the boyfriend's name and the dude. It was like, I get called him Brandon from game of Thrones. (laughs) Was that, was that gray worm? Yeah. He was the captain. I didn't recognize him because he had hair. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and he wasn't like talking like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that is incredible. I didn't know that. Yeah. Like you have this B plot where you have like these two uh, star cross lovers, uh, so to say, and they're like separated and they're trying to like meet up again. And I'm like, oh, this is pretty cool. And they're like just missing each other. Uh, trying to get back to each other that was that was really nice i was like oh this is like a nice b plot for this show so getting into flux before we go deep in listeners of the show know what time it is carla are you ready oh my gosh for the I elevator always, pitch i always sweat at this part. <laughs> i'm always like okay <laughs> <laughs> So for those that don't know, if you're selling a movie or a show to a friend, you really only have 60 seconds to do so. So Carla, I need you to summarize Flux within one minute while avoiding major spoilers. Are you ready to go? Okay, I'll try. (laughs) Okay, we're going to start in three, two, one, go. All right. So wibbly wobbly timely stuff. She's back, the doctor, and it's Halloween, and there's a whole bunch of weird stuff going on, and all these creatures and characters are showing up on Earth, Um, and the doctor is joined by her companion, Yaz, and a new companion, Dan, and they're trying to figure out why this is all happening, Um, and then they find that there's this enemy, um, his name is Swarm. And he has a companion, uh, I'm forgetting her name, but they basically (laughs) want to create this thing where they want to destroy the universe over and over again. So they create the flux and, uh, you know, they're trying to engulf the earth and everything else with it. And Doctor Who, she's trying to stop it. Um, And (laughs) there's a big flashback to the Crimean War and the the. Weeping Angels and the the Cybermen and the Santorans, they're all back and everybody's kind of like fighting to either destroy the Earth or save it. Um, and she's uh, time traveling and she, you know, goes into like a multiverse and all this stuff. And uh, yeah, <laughs> it's um, it's great. <laughs> and it's wow. just all over the place, but it's it's a good one. <laughs> That was almost the two minute <laughs> elevator pitch. <laughs> I, yeah, there's a lot going on in this. You know, it's only six episodes, but like, there's so much going on. Um, yeah, I mean, 
So like you, you got this villain called Swarm, his uh, companion cohort is Azure. That I knew it was an A and I almost yeah. said Aurora and I'm like, it's definitely not Aurora. It's, no, it's not a Disney else. movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, and then like there's, you didn't even mention like there's a side villain called Prentice, AKA the Grand Serpent yes. that infiltrates a unit in the seventies. And it's like, there's a lot going on and I love it. So let's jump into it. Full spoilers <laughs> going forward. So I will admit, uh, Doctor Who, you know, they really, they really showed their budget with like the special effects. Like they, it was really great. But the first scene, my God, <laughs> like I, I watched it because it aired on Halloween and I was like, okay, Halloween special. This is cool. And then the first five seconds, I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> Really bad special effects. Like when I recommended this to you, I was like, oh, I really hope the first episode doesn't derail her. <laughs> Carla, what did you think about? Uh, yeah, what did you think about the first episode? We never had a Halloween episode before. Yeah. And what'd you think? Yeah, I mean, I mean, to me, like part, like I said, part of Doctor Who is like that campy kind of, you know, like cheesiness. Yeah. So, like with this show, whenever I've seen effects that are a little subpar than like what we're used to with other, yeah. you know, major films and stuff. I'm like, yeah, that kind of looks bad, but I'm like, but it's okay. <laughs> like I'm okay yeah. with it. Um, I think it just brings that flair and that character to Dr. Who. Um, but yeah. yeah, like initially like starting off, I'm like, okay, like following through. And then I think towards the end of the episode, that's where I was like, okay, wait, <laughs> what? Like, what is going on? And then I think just throughout the, the next five episodes, like, I was really trying to follow, like, what storyline was... And I'm like, these are all going to connect at some point. Yeah. Because there's, you know, they wouldn't show us these things if there was no reason for it. Um, but, yeah, just for, like, the rest of the... the th I was like, oh, okay. Like, what? <laughs> like, what is going on? Because then... They're like back in like the 1800s and like the early 1900s. And, um, yeah, there's that the guy that's like in the tunnels, right? Oh, yeah. I'm you know, that was his a perf no, not it wasn't Jericho. It was, uh, but he is actually a person from history. Like he's a real person. Oh, Joseph Williamson. Yes. 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 Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Cause I remember, I forget which episode it was, but someone says, like, oh, like you. Like I know it. And he's like, I am Joseph Williams' son. <laughs> he's all insulted. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, you're not alone. Like Doctor Who is, I think the series shines when like, you don't really know what's happening. Like with like previous seasons, especially with Stephen Moffat, um, he would like do these like twists and turns and you're like, Oh my God. Like this, it's, it's kind of like inception level of like, like what is happening, but I love it. And then, and then at the end he like explains it like, Oh, and then it's like this nice little package, a little bow. And it's like, Oh, that was, that was awesome. With this season, there are so many twists and turns and like things that weren't really explained very well. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it, you get lost and like i like i reached like the end of the season and i'm like am i supposed to be confused <laughs> exactly <laughs> did i miss something i don't think i missed something like i said like, there not, i was like what <laughs> okay not, not gonna lie <laughs> i learned the villain's name so his name is swarm and azul um i didn't know his name until afterwards because like you know, he's like this uh, skeleton-looking dude with like crystals coming out of his skull, and which like, they same thing really with cool. It was a really, really, really good makeup, really good prosthetics, and they don't say his name much. Yeah, and I'm like, D am I supposed to know his name? Because I don't know. Like with every major villain in Doctor Who, it's like the Master, you know, uh, Davros, like all these like huge characters, and like with him, it's like implying he's a big villain, and we don't know his name. Mm -hmm. because it's barely spoken and i'm like uh what's what's happening yeah and isn't he supposed to be an old villain of the doctor right and i was like okay because like in the first episode the halloween apocalypse he's like 
I know you from years ago. Like we've encountered. And I'm like, is this supposed to be like the master? Is this supposed to be like Omega? Yeah. Is it like resurrecting some villain from like the classic series? No, it's a new, it's a new person, <laughs> which I'm totally fine with. Yeah. Do some new ideas, but it's like, if you're going to introduce something new, you have to like mention the name so many times, kind of like what's even Moffat with the silence, mm-hmm. the huge, you know, new villain overarching story for Matt Smith's doctor. And like you, you heard the name silence, like probably 50 times. So like, you know, it's like, Oh, I know who that is. I understand what's happening. Right. With swarm. I didn't know his name. I was like a uh, skull dude. Oh, that's the bad guy. <laughs> They kind of had a Day of the Dead vibe to them. Yeah. Like, that's what I, because oh I God. I kept thinking that because it was Halloween themed. I'm like, okay, yeah. you know, Dia de los Muertos, Day of the Dead. Mm-hmm. Like, I kind of see where this is going. Yeah, um, a little bit. So that's kind of what I was thinking of throughout the whole first episode. But then it, you know, it took a turn. Um, yeah. Coco didn't come out. <laughs> <Yeah>. Coco loco. <laughs> de la Fuente. <laughs> That would be a completely yeah. different show. Right. But yeah, it definitely <laughs> took a turn when the weeping angels showed up. I was like, oh my God. That, like, was, that was cool. I'm glad they preserved, like, you probably knew nothing going into this. Mm-hmm. And like, that's how, that's how you experience a show. Like, when you have no context, no spoilers. And like, I was watching, I was like, <gasps> like, they're, they're bringing back the weeping angels. And we, like, we haven't seen the weeping angels for a hot second, especially you. Like, you haven't seen Doctor Who since Capaldi. And like Capaldi's run, maybe had the Weeping Angels once. Yeah. So like seeing them come back was like a breath of fresh air. I was like, oh, yes. Now, so I remember, so the woman Claire, right? Yes. Claire Brown. Mm-hmm. She's like, see, like that confused me too. She was she okay. like the, like the I don't know, because she ended up being a Weeping Angel, right? Yeah. So, okay. So, like, with her storyline, which... Because doesn't as, she recite a line that cl- that someone else had said? Like, I'm taking the long way home or something like that? Peter Capaldi. Wait, no. It was Matt Smith's doctor. Amy? Was it Amy's? He, was, that Cl- was that Clara? You know, I think Clara said that too with Peter Capaldi, but like Matt Smith definitely said it in the 50th anniversary when Clara was like, do you dream? I do dream. Well, you don't seem to go anywhere. Well, I'm going home the long way around. Yeah. Because again, it's been a while for me, but I don't Mm -hmm. know why like that line, like when she said that, I was like, wait a minute. That's fr- that's from something before. <laughs> so I, know, I was like, all right. I remember. <laughs> I remember. So, yeah, like with her character, I don't know if like it feels like a a wink to the fans or yeah, not because yeah. like it it had to be it had to be both a wink to the fans and also her story because like she was taken by the Weeping Angels because like she met the Doctor out of order, which is very like harken back to River Song with the Tenth Doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, where you meet someone out of order. And like, I felt like this season was like, okay, we need to make this as Doctor Who as possible. <laughs> where like, okay, you have people uh, meeting in different orders. Uh, you have like this, uh, crazy sci-fi elements in the background. Because like with her character, um, as the series progressed, so like she meets the Doctor and then she is like, you know, it's a different out of order. And then when the doctor does meet her, it's in the 1960s where this professor, Professor Jericho, side note. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? 
For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I liked his character a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I, thought he, I thought he was awesome. He's doing these psychological tests on Clara. Or not Clara. Claire. Doing these psychological <laughs> tests on Claire. And he's like, I just love that element of it. It's like, oh my God. And like, when he's doing these tests on her, she has like visions of like the weeping angels, mm-hmm. right? And like an image of an angel becomes an angel. So then there's an angel inside of her brain. Yep. And I was like, that's how you, that's how you continue on the weeping angel story. Yeah. I thought that was awesome. Yeah. To me, like they're some of the like creepiest, scariest villains because of like the whole, you know, like eyes, like they come yeah. with the eyes, don't blink, don't turn uh-huh. around. Like, uh-huh. you know, just the way they are able to, to pop up and then you're like, Oh, Oh, Oh yeah. <laughs> All right. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know? Okay. So tangents uh you go to the renaissance fair right yes so i went with uh my friends and my girlfriend and i dressed i was like you know what if i'm gonna go to the ren fair i'm not gonna because like the dude costumes suck like (laughs) they really do like the girl costumes are so much better and i was like you know i'm just gonna dress as doctor who and i'm gonna dress as my favorite doctor matt smith and the fez and the the tweed jacket and i'm like people recognize they're like that doctor and i was like I was like, oh, thank God people know what I am. <laughs> and then as I'm walking through this Renaissance fair, there's a angel statue, like a person dressed as an angel statue. And I was like, oh, and I walk up to it and like, she covers her eyes and I'm like, she knows, yes. she knows. <laughs> That's was awesome. awesome. Was yeah. it during, don't they have like, a, um, I know the one by me, they do like a time travelers weekend and you basically open it up to any kind of costumes that you want. So I think I did this year I, I went in my, uh, my Ray costume, but there's mm. a lot of people that go in Dr. Who get That's up. Awesome. Um, we saw a couple stormtroopers. like, yeah, they open it up to basically come dressed up as it, whatever you want. <laughs> That's awesome. That's really cool. Yeah. There was no theme when I went that weekend, but my friend, he dressed as uh, Rick Sanchez. Rick and Morty, oh, okay. and his friend was Morty, <laughs> and his girlfriend was uh, Summer. So we were like full time travelers. <laughs> Wubba love awesome. dub dub. <laughs> <laughs> and like they're in character the whole time. Oh, like, that's they, awesome! Like everyone's day was made. Like whoever was passing by, because he'd be like, "No, oh, look, Morty." <laughs> <laughs> was he like was belching like, too? Like as he yes. was talking. <laughs> It was all, I was like, <laughs> this great. is, if you're ever going to go to a rent fair, you have to go with people that are like going to go fully into oh, it, yeah. full in character. A, a fr- my friend uh, made an entire Nazgul costume just for the rent fair. And that's awesome. It was, it was a hit. Like people wow. were like, freaking out, like <laughs> taking pictures. And, that's amazing. Yeah. Wow. You just need a Sauron to go to. Right. <laughs> that's awesome. So yeah, getting back to, Doctor Who. So the Weeping Angels wasn't the only classic villain to come back. We also had the Suntarans in the second episode. The second episode was my favorite episode. Like that felt, I was like, finally. Cause like, <laughs> I was like, you know, I'm a huge Doctor Who fan and you know, the last two seasons weren't the best. And I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm trudging through this because I love Doctor Who, even though the writing's bad. You know, I'm still going to watch it because it's Doctor Who. And then with the second episode, I was like, oh, Doctor Who came back. So we had the Crimean War, and then Suntarans come in, this alien race. And I was like, oh, my, this is how you do it. So you have, like, the history infused with sci-fi, with aliens. And I just loved it so much. What did you think of uh, the Suntarans coming back? Because it's been a hot minute for you yeah. to see them. Yeah, it was it was cool to see them come back and, uh, you know, have them play into – the whole story because they replace um is it russia yeah. instead of russia it's santar yeah um and it's funny because when the doctor shows up i guess it's like what civil civil war kind of era that time um because yeah. she meets up with that uh the nurse i believe she is 
Mm-hmm. And they're looking at the maps and she's like, I think the doctor mentions Russia and yeah. the, you know, commanding officer is like, what is this Russia? Like that you keep talking about, like, and then yeah. you see the map and it says Sontar. So I thought that was, that was pretty cool. Um, oh, so cool. But yeah. And like, I just love their helmets. I, I right. love their whole like <laughs> get up. And I don't know why they just remind me of like, just thumbs, just thumb, <laughs> like fat thumbs, like walking yeah. around. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like potato thumb people. <laughs> <laughs> like their aesthetic is so awesome. Yeah, because like you're talking about the cheese factor. Like they look like baked potatoes or thumbs, <laughs> <laughs> and yet they're like this feared race. It's like oh, the this uh, militarized uh, race of aliens. Like, We're gonna take over and conquest and for the glory of Suntar. And they just look funny and they look ridiculous. I just love it so much. <laughs> um, and then I think in the, no in the next episode. So like we had like the Suntarans come back, and then in the next episode. Daleks come back. And so you have like the Daleks and they have the Santarans. And then later on in the season, the Cybermen come back. And I'm like, you know what? Like the BBC is probably like, you know what? We need to throw everything at the fans. Yeah. <laughs> like we need to win them back. This is how you do it. Bring back all of the classic villains and have them like fight each other. And let me tell you, it worked. <laughs> so, so they're all fighting. Well, the, so there's the, Oh, what was that other uh, race? Uh, the Lupari? Yeah. So they're the trying to people. defend the Earth from the flux. They're trying to stop it. Right? Yeah. So, like, in the first episode, they're implied to be, like, the villains. Right. And then at the end, it's like, oh, we're actually, like, because, like, the doctor shows up, like, we're going to stop you. Um, I forget his name. I was like. Carve, carve. Carvinistan or something? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Carv- yeah. Carvinista. Um, like, I'm going to stop you. Like, cause like you're an old villain in my timeline. And Carvinista was like, uh, no, I don't know what you're doing. We're trying to defend the earth. Yeah. Like, like since they're like a dog race, like all dogs, it's implying that all dogs are aliens and like all dogs have like, uh, they're human, uh, compadre that they have to protect. And so like, billions of lupari come to earth and like surround earth Mm -hmm. in this like shield that protects them against the flux which is this uh cosmic storm that blows up planets and nebula and stars and galaxies so like their ships will protect earth in like this metal sphere dyson sphere looking thing so it's basically lupari doctor her companions Mm -hmm. against swarm Flux, Cybermen, Angels, all of them. Yes. Yes. And then you have the Grand Serpent in the background. Yes. Okay, so the Swarm and Azul, they were great. And then when the Grand Serpent came in, I don't know, like, I don't think they did a good job introducing his character because, like, I was like, am I supposed to know this guy? Okay. I was just going to ask, like, is this somebody from is this the master? something before? <laughs> um, yeah. Like, I mean, he had, he nailed the whole sinister vibe. Like, he was definitely this, uh, he definitely embodied, like, a villain. But, like, it was a very different villain for Doctor Who because, like, his whole thing was, like, infiltrating units mm-hmm. to destroy units to disband in units so then which links back to lupari so like units since it will be since it's disbanded they won't protect the earth against uh the second invasion of the santarans when they come back when the santarans fight the lupari or something like that and so like it's this huge everything's interwoven and by the time you get to the end of the season, it's like, okay, like, even though I was confused most of the time, I'm not as confused as I get to the end. <laughs> I, yeah. I would say it definitely requires a second watch, like, for sure. Yeah, because, like, so, like, I finished the season, and I get to the end, and, like, I was satisfied. But, like, I was like, 
I don't really remember what happened. Yeah, I, yeah exactly. <laughs> it's like, uh, okay. Like I said, I, at the end, I was like, oh, okay. Because, <laughs> okay. like, when you introduce, like, weird characters like Swarm, the Grand Serpent, the Lupari, uh, even, like, the B-plot with, like, Bell and, uh, I think his name's Varden, um, you need like to explain to the audience what's going on. There needs a little, you know, when you have all these weird characters and like these weird situations, you need to handhold the audience a little bit. Cause like, uh, say like with Lord of the Rings, you have like this story with like weirdos and like hobbits and, and walking trees and Nazgul. And, uh, you need like characters to ground you mm-hmm. to like be a surrogate for the audience and, who are those characters? Uh, Aragorn. Frodo. Frodo, I guess. The, the Fellowship, basically. Yeah. yeah. And then with Star Wars, all these like weird aliens. and <laughs> Like you have Luke Skywalker. Yeah. The normal guy. <laughs> um, with Doctor Who, with this season, yeah, you have like Yaz and Dan, which are Earthbound characters. But like, they're not the main focus. The Doctor's the main focus. Mm-hmm. And the Doctor is you know, this eccentric character and you don't really know much about her past or her future. Like with all the other seasons in Doctor Who, it's it's primarily focused in on the companion. It's the doctor looking through the companion's eyes. Mm-hmm. And we're watching this happen. And we're along for the adventure. With Doctor Who, it's like with, with the flux, excuse me. You don't have that. And it's like, they're like bouncing through, you know, these different time periods of like 1901, the 60s and, you know, the Crimean War. And then you have like, they're going through in Nepal. And I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> that was pretty cool, though, how they like jumped to all those different, mm-hmm. um, those different places. And then when they get to the, was it the Wall of China? They painted the message, find, yeah. your, find your dog. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Sherpa was great. He was funny. yeah they go on this huge adventure to find this uh old sage uh in nepal and they get to the top of the mountain and uh what does he say again oh what is it like they're asking him questions yeah he was like do you have any gossip for me yeah yeah. they're like what he's like i'm I'm a hermit (laughs) (laughs) i'll take anything i don't converse with people very often (laughs) Uh, he's like you have any news (laughs) They invented the newspaper or the telephone. Like, no, I don't want that. Like, who's marrying who? Who kissed who? I'll take anything. Yeah. And then, yeah, like he, it was, it was a good comic relief because like, uh, there's not a whole lot of comedy with, with flux. Like with Doctor Who previous seasons, there's always like this comedic elements, like lightheartedness. And with flux, it was very like serious mm-hmm. start to finish. And, yeah, like that Sherpa, uh, definitely like he is the one element of this entire season that, f- that sticks out the most. Like that, it was like only like what a minute or two. Yeah. Uh, in like six hours. I'm like, ah, that was a good time. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, overall, like, oh my God. So were you confused about the whole like timeless children plot line? So this is, this is the one part that I actually kind of like rest. A little bit more. So the okay. woman that's in was that the TARDIS though? No, that wasn't the TARDIS. That was what's the um the division, right? Yeah, the division. So the woman that the doctor is speaking to, uh mm. te- oh, what's the name? Te starts with a T. There's a tech tune, I tech, think. Yeah. So she's works for is part of the division. Yes. And she like reveals to the doctor, like I found you and like, you are the way you are because I found you and you wouldn't yeah. have the life that you have. Mm-hmm. So we kind of discover that the doctor was found as a child yeah. on this abandoned planet, like right before a wormhole or something. Right. Yes. And um, we don't, so we don't yeah, know if like, she came out of the wormhole if she was left there because people right. were trying to get away from the wormhole. Yeah. Like it, it alluded to the doctor's origins, but we actually mm-hmm. never get an answer. Right. 
Because, like, for me, the great thing about Doctor Who is, like, you don't really know much about the Doctor. It's, like, this very mysterious entity, um, truly alien in all regards. And that's kind of what I like about it. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to know too much about the Doctor. And with Chris Chibnall, he was like, you know what? I'm going to explain a little bit more about the Doctor's backstory. And with a division in flux. So the division is this, I guess, Time Lord entity that uses weeping angels to extract people to, I think, use them as a power supply or something like that to generate the flux, which then generates other universes. Yeah. So then you have multi, so you have the whole multi universe theory in play which i enjoyed and like the division is like this they have like this void ship type thing that goes in between universes and then they seed new universes with with like they cherry pick stuff from like the previous universe that they like and i was like this is like a super cool concept but it's piggybacking off of i don't know how much you know but like with the previous season, they like go more in depth on the doctor's origins with the whole division thing. And they explain, do you want a spoiler? Sure. It's okay. Okay. (laughs) So it'll probably help me when I go back to watch. So it will help you because like, um, you, you need to prepare for this moment. I, something like, it's not fully explained either. Like William Hartnell, the first doctor in the 1960s was not the first incarnation of the doctor, but like the doctor is like, there's like lost entities before that. Hence the fugitive doctor that was in flux. Okay. uh, The black woman. Yes. It's implied that that was a incarnation. I think before William Hartnell or maybe it's it's one of the doctors that we don't really know about and it's the division implies that there's more incarnations to the doctor than we know about okay like even though we consider jody whitaker the 13th doctor mm-hmm. she could be like the 57th doctor yeah because originally wasn't it he could only reincarnate 12 times yes yeah and then they like rewrote something to to keep it yeah. going essentially time Lords gave him more regeneration but you also but you have like other you have the war doctor you know like you yes. have these other versions so mm-hmm. um yeah that's interesting and and like that's what like with that part which she was like oh i found you as a child on this yes. planet and i'm like but wait a minute hold on because then weren't <laughs> there like because with uh which one is it uh with the doctor and the ma- and the master, right? You see them as children. Right. So that's why I was like, wait, okay. <laughs> like my brain was like, I like, how is that possible? You know? You're not alone. Yeah. You're not alone. <laughs> like I'm a part of like they're not toxic. <laughs> they're not toxic groups. But like they're like, this goes against the lore of Doctor Who. So that's why I think the BBC hired back uh, Russell T. Davies mm-hmm. because it's like, okay, listen, dude, <laughs> you need to fix this mess. And I think Chris Chibnall wrote himself a little loophole with these multi-universe, multi-universe type things. Um, because like it could, Russell T., he can either lean into it and make it awesome or be like, you know what? That was that universe. Yeah. And we're not going to bring it up. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it it just it doesn't make sense, and you're not alone because like I was watching, I'm like, wait, what? Yeah, <laughs> this goes against everything that I've known previously for the past. You know, it, it rebooted in 2005, and it goes against everything that was built prior to that. So right. It's like, uh, yeah. What? Part of me like kind of doesn't want. It's almost like a, um, it's like almost parallel to Yoda with Star Wars, right? Like there's the, the, the group of people that are like, we want to know like where he's from and like his story mm-hmm. and like his 
you know, a species. We want, and then there's the group of people, which I am in, where it's like, no, like, I kind of like that we have this mystery about not knowing really like what he's right. about and where he comes from. I mean, now that we have Grogu, like there's a little bit more, but like even with Grogu, like we still don't know much. Like we just know they're of the same species. And I think with Dr. Who, like it's cool to have like some things explained and like they get like really close to like right. telling you about the origins or like who the doctor really is. And then it's like, they stop. And you're like, yeah. oh, <laughs> it's just they, they just tease you. Yeah, or they just give you a little morsel yeah. into, and like Russell T. and Stephen Moffat excelled at that because like they would just give like one little line of dialogue that just like blew your mind. It's like, oh my god, like <laughs> like like I think it was David Tennant where he was like he goes to like Pompeii and he talked about like oh I've been to Rome once and like I saw it burn. And then that was it. And it's like, wait a minute. It's like, it just, it just those little breadcrumbs mm-hmm. like can expand into it's like, Oh, well, if he was in Rome and all this. And with Chris Timmel, it's like, let me over explain. Let me like give you a little bit more. And it's like, ah, I don't know. I don't want that. Yeah. I just want like the little morsels. Like with, with, uh, with Yoda, uh, George Lucas. Cause like, you know, for years, like people would be like, well, what species is he? Mm-hmm. And he would talk about Yoda as if he was his own thing. Like there's only one Yoda. Right. And he was very, very possessive about that. And I think for Dave Filoni and John Favreau to make Grogu, they got his blessing. Oh, 100%. but we, st- yeah. we, but we still don't know his species name, where they come from. And I don't think I have a feeling we won't. I strongly think we won't. Yeah. Cause I think Dave Filoni and John Favreau are fans enough to be like, you know what? Less is more. Exactly. Less will always be more. Yeah. And giving him the name Grogu was like inching towards, oh, this is a little too much, but like we need a name for him. <laughs> but like, yeah, I mean, they know, they know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. They know what they're doing. Yeah. And I think with D- uh, Russell T. Davies coming back to Doctor Who, I think, because he's going to do the 60th anniversary next year. Oh, okay. So I think it'll be in safe hands again. Yes. Now, is there plans to, because I know with, so this is Jody's last as the Doctor. Yeah. Like, have, I haven't heard if there's been talks about who is the next. No one knows. No one knows. Nobody knows. And I guess we'll find out soon, uh, which leads me to the final segments of this show, which we're going to get off the fence on a few subjects. <laughs> so we've been talking about flux this whole time, even though we just brushed the surface of flux. Uh, let's get off the fence uh, with Doctor Who moving forward. So my first question for you is, so do you think Jodie Whittaker? Okay, so we didn't talk about the New Year special, uh, Eve of the Daleks. So the big cliffhanger with that. Did you watch Eve of the Daleks? I didn't. I did not get to watch that. Oh shit! Okay. <laughs> but I like. I did read a little bit, so okay. I know like it's like like you had said the epilogue to yeah, right. the season. Um, it kind of follows up because she's trying to reconstruct the TARDIS because the TARDIS got like all mm, messed mm. up, right? Yeah. Um, because at the end, at the end of the last episode, she has the Gallifreyan, uh, like watch thing. And she drops it in to the TARDIS yeah. and she's like, don't ever let me get this unless yeah. I really, really need it. Like I, I like that part. She's like, unless <laughs> yeah. I really need it. Um, yeah. but then the Daleks come back. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's again, wibbly wobbly, timely stuff. Uh, <laughs> like there's a, like time keeps looping. And each time they each get one step closer to facing each other, Mm -hmm. but like something changes each time. Sounds like you watched the episode. Uh, (laughs) um, There's a time loop, but like the time loop gets smaller and smaller as the episode goes. Okay. So instead of like 10 minutes, it's nine minutes, eight minutes. Every time they do the loop, they lose a minute. Um, But the most important story aspect of that is at the end, it is revealed so like with previous incarnations, we had really only 
two romantic storylines, uh, the 10th Doctor and Rose, and then uh, the 12th slash 11th Doctor with Clara. Mm-hmm. There's a romantic element to it. With Jodie Whittaker being the first female Doctor, so we have the first, not, not the first, but like we have like a, the first male companion in a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... Chris Chibnall subverted that expectation of, will there be a romance? Yaz reveals that she loves the doctor romantically. So I'm going to ask you, just for dropping that info, do you think that's going to pay off uh, before Jodie Whittaker uh, leaves the role of the doctor? Um, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I guess like now that you mentioned that, like I can kind of see like those little moments that they had throughout the season like that one part where they were like finishing each other's sentences or they were like saying the same thing at the same time yep um i mean i'm like i'm in the i'm in the mindset that like you don't always need to have a romance element to Mm -hmm. a story i don't know like going back to like you know like star wars ray and kylo like that bothered me because i was like what okay um i was a raylo shipper but (laughs) it's definitely unnecessary to me it was like it would have worked if the if well that's a whole other (laughs) we won't get into that Uh, (laughs) doctor who Uh, but i mean i guess i I don't i'll have to go and watch the eve of the daleks um i don't know how it ends but being if this is her last go as the doctor just two more specials. Oh, that she's still supposed to be a part of? Yeah. Okay. Just two more episodes. Gotcha. I mean, hey, if it's well written, like, and it adds to the story, I'm all for it. You know, it's just when things are thrown in, like, just because, like, that's when I get, I get yeah. really irritated. Cause it's like, yeah. you don't need to have, you don't need to have a romance. You don't need to have a female and everything. Like I just, yeah, I get on my soapbox a little bit <laughs> with this stuff because it like, I just want good stories. I just want well-written characters that grab me and pull me into yeah. a story. So like yes. if the romance is well-written and it works to fit into however this is going to pan out for her. Then I say two thumbs up. Great. Yeah. I mean, there's not a whole lot of runway <laughs> left, <laughs> but if, I mean, if you can make it work, then I applaud it. But like, I just feel like it's a massive wasted opportunity at this point because like, so like you had the first female doctor and kind of bungled it with the bad writing. And then you had like the first like same sex potentially romance mm-hmm. involving the doctor. And it's like, Yes, yeah, so it's with a character that's kind of not fleshed out and it's kind of like it almost feels tacked on because it's like all of a sudden like <laughs> there's this meme where it was like where she reveals to Dan like I'm in love with the doctor isn't it obvious and like the meme is like changing his dialogue to no not really <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's almost like if they were going to go with that like why didn't they go with that way before yeah, from the start yeah it's it's clear it's it's kind of like with the sequel trilogy it's clear that you didn't have a plan and you're just flying by the seat of your pants like you should have just mapped this out yeah. <laughs> have the foresight to map it out but whatever um so my second question for you is do you think flux was a breath of fresh air for doctor who because I mean, you clearly didn't watch the last two seasons, so you were not interested in <laughs> Doctor Who. Do you think this is a breath of fresh air for people that jump ship? Um, if anything, yeah, because again, I now I'm like, okay, like I want to go back and and watch um, and pick up where I left off because I didn't finish Capaldi's. <gasps> oh my! Yeah, God. and not so much for him because he is great. Like, I Mm -hmm. love Peter Capal. I think it was, like, Clara pissed me off. Like, she's just, like, I don't know. She's just kind of, like, annoying and, like, bitchy sometimes. (laughs) 
Well, she leaves the show. She does, yeah. But I don't, like, for me, it was more of, like, her. Um, okay. You didn't like her character. Yeah. So, like, I I would like to go back and, again, like, pick up from where I remember where I left off. Because uh, <laughs> I definitely did watch the first season with him. I think it might have been, like, after that, I was like, okay. <laughs> Yeah, series nine is a lot better than series eight. Even though I love, I loved series eight. Uh, yeah, that awesome reveal with the master, mm-hmm. aka the mistress, mm-hmm. Missy. Oh, so that was that probably was one of the oh one of the best moments of like the whole modern series. Oh my god! So, but anyways, um, and then my final question for you is: Would you recommend Doctor Who Flux to a friend? Yeah, I mean. Most of my friends are nerds, so <laughs> yeah, I, I would. I, again, like coming back to it after you know a few few years now, I think it's. I mean, if you don't know Doctor Who, I would probably say oh, maybe just right. watch from you know Doctor Nine, Number Nine, um, right. and go from there. But if you like know anything about Doctor Who and have watched it before, I would say, yeah, I would recommend. Yeah. Me too. Like I would recommend this to the seasoned veteran, like watch it and then specifically watch it in one sitting, maybe not the whole season in one sitting, but like watch it back to back. Yeah. Because like what, you know, I think the big problem with like when it, when it aired was like, it was weekly and like, I would forget what happened the previous episode because like, it's so involved story wise where it's like, it needed to be like, Six days straight of this show. Yeah. I think I did it two days. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Yeah, I did too. And you were still confused. Yeah, exactly. That's not good. Yeah, they needed to tinker with the writing a little bit. Maybe there needed to be like four writers instead of two. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for the seasoned veteran, I would 100% recommend this it was there's a lot of moments where it's like oh that's so good with like the Santarans and cyberman daleks units kate and stewart ood. came don't back don't forget the ood yes the <laughs> ood came back it was all awesome i was like oh this is now this is doctor who yeah uh i loved it but for the newbie absolutely not they'd be like yeah it would just be, be like, like what I is happening what i yeah <laughs> i'm confused don't worry, it gets better. <laughs> but yeah, uh, it was awesome. And yeah, I'm glad we watched it. I definitely enjoyed it. So, yes. Are you ready to close out the show? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. But that's it for this time on Syndicate. We hope you enjoyed yourself. We've been talking about Doctor Who Flux. Please check it out where it is available. And I would like to take a moment to thank my guest, Carla, for coming back to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. 
always a good, always a good time. We have a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. always talking about uh, crazy stuff we love. <laughs> and if you'd like to see more of Carla, you can check her out on her podcast, WSDR galactic public access wherever you find your podcasts but if you like to keep this conversation going please add us on your favorite social media platform at syndicates that is syndicates on instagram twitter and letterboxd have discord feel free to join the growing film community there at syndicate.com forward slash discord where you can catch myself along with other podcasters and listeners talking about this show and others but if we missed anything during this conversation, please send us a message at info at syndicate.com or visit the website syndicate.com. Until next time, stop that scroll and spend more time watching. Goodbye.